Welcome to the FM Global Resilience is a Choice podcast. I'm Steve McGrath. The United Nations climate arm just released a quite sobering report on what the best available science says is happening to the earth and its oceans and its atmosphere. As temperatures climb, drought is increasing, sea levels are rising, and rainfall is intensifying in wet areas, even with strong and sustained reductions in the emission of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases. It would take 20 to 30 years for the planet to stop getting hotter, so says the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Obviously, everybody should care about this, but this podcast is focused on what businesses, individually and collectively, need to know and what they need to do. With us today to sort all of this out is FM Global's Vice President and Manager of Research, Lou Gritzo. Given that we've been warned of climate catastrophe for decades, what's the news here? What, what's your headline from this latest report? So first, I, I think we have to strongly look at, you know, what is the real catastrophe here? How is it going to manifest itself and when and where? Those are really key questions for, certainly for financial executives. There's not a whole lot new in this report in terms of the broad conclusions it draws. What it represents, and I think this is a point of frustration for many financial executives, is the incremental nature of research, you know, small improvements. Seven years has gone by and, and we're hearing the same thing. The climate's warming, floods are getting worse, the sea levels are rising, drought is likely to get worse. These are, these are not things that are new to financial executives. So what does this latest report really mean and what should executives really do? I think that's a key question. And, and it starts by, okay, don't panic. Yeah, the long-term picture can look pretty grim. There's a lot of scenarios that are grimmer than others. But the first thing is not to panic. There's certainly things that can be done in the short term and in the immediate term to position companies to, to uh, excel and actually thrive in this new environment. Okay, so we don't panic, yet the uh, UN Secretary General is saying this is code red for humanity. So what is the proper emotional tone to strike? How do you sort of, obviously we can't just table this for a few decades. What's the right tone? The situation that the IPCC does a very good job of laying out is, is the trend. And what needs to happen now is to prepare for that trend and take measures to not have the consequences of that trend result in surprises. So I would say if the code red is this notion that we do nothing, and that has a likelihood of resulting in a code red situation, but are there things that can be done now? Are there things that should be done now? Are there things that executives need to be thinking about? Absolutely. The good news is that you know, there's time to do a lot of those things now and plan for those things and be strategic about it and make big improvements in three major areas that will position companies for success in the future. The first area is their property. Okay, there's bricks and mortar. Where are your buildings? What are they located by? What are they near? And, and what effect are high temperatures and more water whether it's riverine flood, coastal flood is going to be likely the worst, or even just surface water, heavy rainfall, what, what impact is that going to have on your property? The second is your operations. What are all the other things you need to have to run your business? And how could these trends going to affect your operations and all those connected pieces 
of in increasingly interconnected global business. So operations could be both processes within your plant and supply chains and sourcing and all that. Certainly the operations is, is a much broader area. And I would suggest maybe an inside out approach on this. Start with the operations on your property. What equipment do you have outside? Is it subjected to damage from water? And so a little bit of that's property, but it's also maintaining the operation of that equipment under high temperature. It's maintaining access. It's maintaining infrastructure, water, power. As electricity becomes more and more frequently used, which is clearly the trend, electric vehicles, is that going to impact your business at all? Is the availability cost and distribution of energy something that's important to you? All of those things are things which a lot of companies don't think about because they're outside your walls. They're things that are really require companies to engage in a broader sense and saying, okay, where is my water coming from? Where is my power coming from? And of course, critical to companies is where's the raw products I need for my for my business to function coming from? What's my supply chain looking like and how vulnerable is that? So the operations is a piece that sometimes gets overlooked because we're focused in our own backyard and, and justifiably so. So those are number one and two, number one property, number two operations. The third one is people. So let's start at the people that really are most important to the way a business functions. And, and that's your current employees and your future talent. What are companies saying to them about their resilience in a changing climate? And be very clear, there's, there's no uncertainty or, or virtually certain the climate is changing and will continue to change regardless. Now, the scenarios that can play out will, will evolve in time. But the first thing is to have that strategy and have that message because we're all concerned about that. And being able to present a plan to your current employees and your future talent pool, what's our company's strategy around this? How, how is our company looking at this, which affects everybody? Then as we go from there, from that current kind of foundation, current people in the future talent pool, which is vital, of course, for companies to run, what, what's the message to your board, depending upon how you're governed, what's your message to your owners, shareholders, and what's your message to your market? What's your message to the, the com customers of your product? What your company is doing to be resilient in this dynamic climate environment that we're all living in? All of those things will result in people base that's engaged, that understands. If you have your clear message as to how your company is going to thrive, I think those are really important things to move forward with. Yeah, because I think every audience wants to know that you as a company, you get it and you understand it and you're taking action and you care about it. You know, that can affect, as one of our colleagues recently said, you know, hiring decisions or whether you get the talent that you're looking for and whether you have the engagement with your existing talent, as well as how investors approach you. I think the worst thing a company could do right now and especially on the heels of this report, is nothing. I'll be the first to say that my hope was that this report was going to be more definitive and more specific about how natural hazards were going to change in a changing climate and more specific and the level of certainty was going to improve. 
it, it's been seven years. There's you know, 234 people involved in this, been working on it for that period of time. Progress has been slow. And to some extent, I think that the scientific community needs to do better in the near future, but it's tough. It's a big, big job. It's the whole world and everything associated with it. So to some extent, that's understandable. But I also think that executives need to be the voice to say, we are going to expect more from the scientific community. We're going to expect more specificity. We're going to expect more actionable items that are reasonable and realistic for us to take. And we're going to expect more progress if this is really that big of an issue to us, which depending upon the business, it may very well be. It's going to be important to all of us and critical to some. So if I'm a CEO or a CFO or a COO and I have you in the room, I may say, Lou, you're the expert. What do I need to do today? Because I haven't really done much on this topic. What do I need to do this year? And what do I need to do in five years? Give me a sort of outline of what my strategy should look like. The first priority, what, what executives need to do now is to bring their core team together and start to look at the immediate priorities under the POP model, let's call it, the property operations and people. What are the things that we really need to do now? And how do those things fit into our strategy that we're going to communicate? Is our organization, our company, our group of companies strategy to succeed? That's the most critical thing is, is what hazards am I exposed to and how am I going to deal with those and how am I going to develop my strategy and communicate? That's got to be done now because the momentum behind this report is there. It's not going away. Questions are going to be asked. There will be follow-up studies and that's all reasonable to expect and reasonable things for, for companies and all the stakeholders that are involved in companies to, to do and to expect of, of companies. This year, by the end of 2021, I think I would set as a target for executives to have that strategy laid out and be talking to their people about it. In five years, I would expect that strategy to be playing out with significant measures to improve the climate resilience of the company. The near-term natural hazards, they're all the same hazards. They're just exacerbated by the change in climate. So how are you going to deal with those hazards that you already know and, and the those hazards? And in this conversation, and a lot of times, I think we all have these conversations about climate and business in the context of, you know, the time-honored principle of self-interest. Let's do what's right for the company. Let's do what's right for the shareholders. But do you think business has a moral responsibility to do what it can to mitigate uh, climate impact? Every company is going to have their sustainability goals. They should. People demand it. Their employees demand it. Their governance demands it. And those sustainability goals will depend on the industry they're in. And so it's difficult to paint that with a really broad brush. As companies pursue their sustainability goals, there's some kind of common general factors with the climate resilience to the changes in natural hazards that are going to be associated with the changing climate. And, 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 and those things are, you know, looking at the property, the operations and the people. And the property in, in terms of achieving sustainability goals are making sure that there's not unintended consequences that result in additional property loss from doing things that otherwise promote the sustainability objective. So, 
putting in alternative energy systems that are particularly vulnerable to natural hazards would be something that is a, a real challenge. The last piece is to be able for companies to communicate to their broad community of people what they're doing and why, not only for the good of the business, but for the greater good of their community, their reputation in the community, their reputation as employer choice, and actually just to make the world a, a, a cleaner and greener place. Any final thoughts, Lou? How would you, what's your takeaway from this conversation, your one sort of point that you would leave to our listeners? The biggest takeaway today, and the latest IPCC report drives it home, is that we've always thought of the world as a very static place. We understand our risks, we understand what we need to do, and those don't change. We may learn, science may learn more about what those risks are, society may, may learn more about them. The game changer now is it's very clear that, that the risks are changing in time and that those risks are things that not only deserve a hard look at now, but deserve planning for the future. What's the climate resilience of my business going to be like in 5, 10, 20, 30 years? That new facility that I'm building, what's the climate risk to that going to be over its life cycle? What's the long-term climate risk of my business model and my business lines? Those are the things that we now are transitioning from a fairly static and fairly slow moving change in the climate to an increasingly dynamic climate. So when things move, companies have to be agile and they have to be definitive and they have to communicate and avoid the rumor mill and the markets and their people. And that's, I think, the big challenge that needs to be met. Our guest today has been Lou Gritso. He's FM Global's Vice President and Manager of Research. Thank you so much, Lou. This has been really great. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure to join you. The adventure continues. Find more Resilience is a Choice podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other streaming services. Please like, share, rate, or leave us a comment.